Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Visual Storytelling Podcast. My name is Fred Ranger, and I'm so happy that you're deciding to spend a couple minutes with me to chat about visual storytelling and the gear required in order to tell your story in this day and age. Very connected one. So last podcast, the first episode, I talked to you about the fact that I've always been passionate. I've always been intrigued about storytelling. And one thing that's for sure is that the gear to tell your story in this day and age has become very, very accessible. So you have some 4K cameras like the Panasonic GH5 and GH5S. You have all the Fujifilm gear and all the mirrorless revolution, if I may say, that has hit the market not so long ago. One thing that I want to mention is that the gear does actually matter sometimes. And what I mean by that is that, you know, you've heard Chase Jarvis said that, uh, saying that, uh, you know, the best camera is the one that's with you. And he's totally right. When it is about capturing a moment, capturing a moment in time that will never come back, you don't have to really care about if you're, you know, have a Nikon camera on you or a phone on you. What you're trying to do is to capture a moment that will never come back in time and then possibly, you know, keep it for yourself or share it on some of the modern in brackets platform or the social web, if I if I may say. But if you go a little bit deeper in the art of photography, in trying to tell a little bit more of a complex story, or if you're trying to basically make some art, I do believe that the gear matter. I mean, let me tell you a very short story. When I started my journey in the digital photography world, I was first introduced to digital photography at school, at university. And the first thing I did is I looked at these Kodak digital machines, and this was kind of the first iteration of, uh, of uh, digital photography. It was like kind of a, I think it was 0.2 megapixel or something like that, or maybe 2 megapixel, I don't, I don't remember. But it was very, very low resolution. The camera itself was so not appealing. It was very, very plasticky. It felt like a little computer, and the screen in the back was really small. So it was not really inspiring me to shoot more. I was defaulting back to an old Canon camera that I had, and an old, and an old uh, Minolta camera that I was able to um, uh, lease from school. So because they were inspiring me more than the actual digital one, I was, again, very intrigued by that new format, that new possibility of bringing cameras uh, and computers together. But at the end of the day, I was finding myself shooting more with the film um, cameras that I had or that I, that I had access to. So came in. A little bit, a couple of years later, I, you know, got introduced to the Nikon system. And this is where I really thought that, oh my God, okay, so there is a way to get the same feeling that you get on a old school rangefinder or uh, DSLR-like camera with Nikon. So Nikon had a very, very good grip. They had a very solid body, a body that reminded you of, you know, quality and durability, and also, you know, some inspiration. I mean, it was a very comfortable um, camera. When you think about it, you know, my first camera was the D80, 
Nikon D80. That's, that's an old model. And uh, then I graduated to the D300 and then the D300S or something like that. And then the magnificent D700. That I, I still think to this day that the D700 was the best DSLR camera ever produced. Uh, of course, uh, with the technology that was available back then. That was the, you know, kind of a D3 sensor in a more affordable body. So, again, very, very inspired to shoot these cameras, these Nikon system, and the lenses and the quality of the image. Very, very inspiring. But before a trip to Italy, I decided to bring the size and the weight of my camera bag down. So I was looking for some options, some smaller options, kind of a kind of a pocket camera. I didn't want to go though for the cheap in bracket cheap, um, you know, pocket camera back then with one lens that can do a uh, super long reach uh, because I knew that this would not give me the depth of field that I needed, the you know f2 or f 2.8 that my Nikon cameras could give me. And then I stumbled upon a camera, Japanese camera. Uh, made by Fujifilm, and I was totally new to the Fujifilm ecosystem. I didn't know anything about it. Uh, the last time I actually saw a Fujifilm item, it was a, I guess it was a printer or a roll of film, basically, because as you know, Fujifilm was one of the biggest producer of film for cameras. So I decided to try the Fujifilm X100, and I was not expecting a lot from that camera to a point where I said, you know what? Okay, let me bring both camera systems. So I bring, I actually brought the Nikon system with the Holy Trinity lenses. So the 10 to 24, 24 to 70 and 70 to 200. And I also brought that little new camera, that X100, the original one, which was an interesting piece of gear because so small, I could actually bring it on uh, anywhere you know, when we were going for dinner and when we were hiking and exploring. So I ended up using that camera when I look at my Lightroom and when I got back to my house in Canada, I actually loaded the both cards and I ended up uh, doing some math there and 80% of my shots were taken with that small little camera. Why? Well, again, it goes back to Chase Jarvis' comment where he says that and he said that uh, the best camera is the one that's with you. Well, that was the one that was with me all day long. But more than that, I was actually drawn into two things. The first one is the look and feel of the camera. And I, I, I know it sounds ridiculous, but when you look at a piece of gear and it inspires you to create more or to take that piece of gear, put it in your hand and try to make some art, this is priceless. This has, there's no logic to it. There's no scientific explanation, although I'm pretty sure a psychologist could actually explain why we're drawn into things that inspired us and, you know, good looking and feeling objects. Uh, but that's, again, maybe for another podcast. Ultimately, I think the combination of size, look and feel, and of course, quality of the images, because that's really what matters in the end if you're trying trying to tell your story but the quality is not there or you know the effect you're going for is not rendering correctly then you're not you know going to be drawn to take that piece of gear back and shoot with it again so for me it became very very clear 
that, wow, this mirrorless thing that people are starting to talk about, again, remember, this is 2011, is really going to be something big, I think. I was not you know, necessarily predicting everything that's happening now in the mirrorless revolution, but I knew that there would be a market. Actually, I was the target market because I you know, found a system that I could be inspired by and shoot more with. So then I, you know, started to do some research and it was, you know, back when the DSLR were still king and I ended up buying a D750, Nikon D750. And I ended up not using it a lot. Again, I'm not a I'm not a, you know, professional wedding type photographer. I'm more of a street photographer, I'm more of a travel photographer, so I don't I use my gear when I feel inspired to use it. So ended up selling the whole thing. So this is this was me, you know, making a statement of if I if I'm going to be telling stories, if I'm going to have gear readily available, it will be gear that I'm enticed and I'm enticed to use. So I decided to go full fledged and to buy a Fujifilm X Pro 2. Again, did a lot of research and I think Fujifilm because I knew Fujifilm from the X100, I still had back then that camera. I decided to go with uh, Fujifilm and started to explore the lenses. And oh my God, was I not deceived because I discovered a small camera. I actually have a really good video on YouTube if you want to see it on the reasons why I sold my Nikon gear. Uh, I'll put it in the links down below in the show description. But ultimately, again, I found a very, very inspiring system. I ended up shooting more than ever when I look again at my stats in Lightroom. This is definitely the most productive time for me for the past five years since I, or actually three years since I switched fully to Fuji. So my point today is gear does matter sometimes. And, you know, can a camera inspire you to shoot more? My answer is absolutely, most definitely. And some people will tell you that, you know, real photographer don't care about the look and feel of a camera. I call BS on that. Why? Well, we're human beings. We're drawn into inspiring things, inspiring people, inspiring stories. And if you want to shoot more, if you want to express yourself, you need to be inspired to do that. Just, you know, like I'm inspired to do that podcast today. I'm recording it on a, you know, very nice Mac in a very nice software called Logic Pro. These things matter in the end. I don't want to say that if you don't have inspiring inspiring gear that, you know, you can't tell engaging stories. I think the more constraint you have, the more creative you become. But if you have and if you can align, you know, that mix of art and science and, you know, inspiration, this is for me, I think the holy trinity of inspiration. So these are my thoughts for today. I hope that this show actually brought some value to you. And I want to build on these conversations that we're having between the shows. So please feel free to shoot me an email at visual storytelling podcast. Again, it's a visual storytelling podcast at gmail.com. And we could actually engage conversation there. And please feel free to reach on social at Fred Ranger. That's my handle on any of the platforms. If you go to Twitter, if you go to Instagram, of course. And if you go on LinkedIn, you will find me there. So again, it's at Fred Ranger. 
So please consider subscribing to this podcast. This is how you're going to help the show tremendously. Please share it with your friends, family, or anyone who would be interested in learning more about storytelling in this day and age. Again, I've been Fred Ranger and see you or actually hear you next time. Cheers. Cheers.